Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Luke chapter 1, I began a series last week entitled, When Heaven Speaks. When Heaven Speaks. As I was, again, praying and studying and looking at the, the Gospels, the four Gospels and the narrative of Jesus' birth, I was uh, captivated by the angelic visitations. Several times, the angels brought messages to the central figures that God would use in the birth of Christ. And as I looked at that, I just began to pray and study and meditate and listen to the Holy Spirit that, that there's times when God's message is so clearly important that even an angel brings that message to us. Here are a couple of things I want you to have in front of your thinking as we study together today. Number one, that God is speaking to us right now. I want you to know God has a message for you. I want you to know God knows who you are. I want you to know your life matters to him. I want you to know God has a plan for your life. How many heard that last statement? God has a plan for your life. You're not just randomly living. God has a unique plan designed specifically for you. Psalm 139 says, while we were in our mother's womb, before we were born, while we were forming in our mother's womb, God began to write, read it, write the pages of our life. Now, the amazing thing to me is that God is so articulate and intricate and in what he plans for us, and yet he gives us free will. Wouldn't it be sad to live your whole life and never get to be in the will of God? How sad would it be because we refuse to accept Christ, because we're rebellious or disobedient or maybe misinformed or deceived, to live your life outside of this amazing plan God has for you. See, the way you and I live God's will, live out that plan that he wrote for us, it all begins the day we accept Christ. And when we accept Christ, we begin to live this life not written by man, not not controlled by man, but designed by God. It's an amazing privilege. And everyone can have that, but it all begins when you accept Christ. And so what I want you to understand, God knows you individually. God knows who you are today. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're concerned about. He knows where you've been. He knows where he wants you to go. But your choice is involved in this matter. And so what we're going to learn and take away from these angelic visitations when heaven speaks is that you may not have had an encounter with an angel, but God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. Well, pastor, how does God speak? Well, I can tell you that every time you open this Bible, he talks to you. This is the word of God. I'm always amazed that Christians say, God never talks to me. And I never try to be ugly or, or you know, unkind. But I say sometimes, well, then you don't read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, God's talking to you. You can't tell me God doesn't talk to me if you read the Bible, okay? How, how does God talk to me? He, he, the direction, the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And I want you to know today that, that you're just as important to the plan of God as Joseph was. You're just as important to the plan of God. Today, we're going to see the angelic conversation between the angel Gabriel and Mary, who God chose to birth the humanity of Jesus Christ. You're important to God. He has a plan for you just like them. And, and can I tell you something? No one else can fulfill that plan as well as you can. It's designed for you. And nobody can be you as well as you can. So can I help you with something? Stop trying to be somebody else. The best you'll ever be is a poor substitute. Be you. 
You're designed uniquely by God. And he's excited about you and his plan for you. So when heaven speaks, when heaven speaks, this is what we're looking at today. Here's the real crux of what I want you to see, okay? I want you to get this. Again, put it in the front of your mind as we study together today. What does heaven say when we say it's impossible? We're going to learn that today. What does heaven say when we say, oh, that's impossible? Every one of us have faced those moments where we feel overwhelmed. We say that's impossible. We say it's just not going to work. You've heard me share it again and again, but, but it's fresh. We, we see it happen again yesterday. Pastor Emilio and I have talked about it often. The first time we handed out every crumb of food we had in our dream centers and looked at those empty shelves and knew two weeks later we were telling people to come, we are going to help feed them, that's pretty scary. It looked impossible. Those empty shelves kind of mocked us. They looked at us like, so now what are you going to do? <laughs> You know what? Well, guess what we found out? When earth says impossible, God says possible. When it looks like there's no way, God says, I'm glad you gave me an opportunity. In fact, some way, sometimes, we just need to get out of the way and let God show up and be big for us. So, so we're going to look at this encounter. And we want to apply it to us today. It's not just a story that we listened to about 2,000 years ago. The principles we learn work right now. Can you say amen to that? What they learn, we can learn. What they can apply, we can apply. What does heaven say when we say it's impossible? So let's go. I want to take you through a few verses at a time. This narrative, Luke 1, verse 26. Let's begin there. In the sixth month... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So let's, let's from the beginning. What do we read here as this begins? In the sixth month. The sixth month of what? What's he referring to? What does this mean? It wasn't the month of June. That's what we think. Because we have our calendar. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you have your own calendar? How many of you have ever tried to get God to get on your calendar? Come on, come on, be honest. Let's tell the truth. Have you ever given God a deadline? I've done that before. And guess what? He wasn't impressed. You know, we have our calendar. God, you've got to do it by this time. It has to happen by that time. Lord, if you see what I'm doing right here, look at this calendar I have. So, so what I want you to see from the beginning is what does this mean? In the sixth month, God's keeping time. This is something that's important to God. This is a timetable that's important. It's like heaven said, I'm ready. I'm ready. He hit that timer and it started. This plan had been sitting there from the beginning of time. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. God's plan was in place, but it's just been waiting. And we reach this moment and God pushes that timer and the clock starts going. And he says it's in the sixth month. The sixth month of what? Well, if you read earlier in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel, the same one that's speaking to Mary now, had come to a relative of hers named Zechariah. He was in the temple. He was a priest. He was serving. His wife's name was Elizabeth. They were older, and they had never been able to conceive and have a child. It was their dream to have a child. And Gabriel walks into that moment with Zechariah and says, I've got good news for you. You're going to have that baby. You and your wife are going to have that son. Now, we know Zachariah struggled believing that and had to deal with some issues. But the bottom line is, this couple who'd been unable to conceive, God says, it's my time. You're going to have a son. 
It was the sixth month of her pregnancy when the angel came to Mary. I want you to understand something. When the angel spoke to Mary on that day, God's plan had already been in motion for six months. John the Baptist, who would be the forerunner of Christ, had already been conceived by a miracle with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Can I tell you something today? God is always ahead of us and never behind us. How many heard what I just said? Mary just heard the news, but the angel said, I've already been moving for six months. A miracle happened six months ago. God's already working. Can I give you some really good news today? You're six months closer to the answer to that prayer than you know you are. God's working when you're not even aware of what he's doing. He's already had something in motion before he comes. I could say it like this. Sometimes we wonder, God, God, do you know what you're doing? What's going to happen? Listen, let me say it like this. God sees the end before you even know there is a beginning. <laughs> you didn't know it had started, and God already sees the end of it. It's already moving along. And I want you to be encouraged today. Heaven wants to speak to you. God has a plan for us, and that plan is already in motion before we even know about it. So six months, six months into this, God's miracles are already happening, and God comes to her to speak to her. So what does he say? Let's look in verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Wow. He says, Mary, you have the favor of God. And Mary, you need to know that God is with you. You know, she wasn't aware of that. She had no idea. She's just going through her life. And moving along that way. She's just moving along with the plan of God. Moving in that direction. He says, I want you to understand something, Mary. You're favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. He said it again. Mary, you found favor with God. You have favor. Now, the word favor is an important word. I'll illustrate it in a moment. I'm going to help you with something. The word favor and the word grace are closely linked together. They come from the same root word with one subtle but important difference in them. Now, grace is the Greek word charis. That's the root word that favor comes from. So you know this. You quote it with me. What is the definition of grace? Grace is unearned favor. See that? Let's say it again. What is grace? Unearned favor. In other words, grace comes to us. Ephesians 2 said you're saved by grace through faith. Grace means I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. I didn't pay for it. I can't tell God you owe me. The Bible says we're saved by grace. How many are thankful today when we didn't deserve it, when God didn't owe it, when he did not have to do it, that Jesus died on the cross in our place, the grace of God? How many are thankful? Can I see your hand? I'm putting two hands up. Thank God for the grace of God. Unearned. Unmerited is another term. In other words, we didn't work for it, but God gave us. So grace, stay with me, grace comes strictly because of what God has done. Favor... It's closely associated to grace, but there's one difference. Grace is unqualified. Grace means I had nothing to do with it. God did all the work. Listen to me. But favor, you can qualify for favor. See the difference? There's a difference. Grace comes. Favor, you qualify. The Bible says, I want you to get this. Listen closely. Twice he says, Mary was a virgin. 
She was a young woman who had kept herself pure. She was celibate. She was honoring the word of God. She was living the life he had. And it was important because God, to birth the humanity of Jesus, for God to come and put human flesh on and walk on this earth required a virgin for him to use. I want you to understand something. Mary had lived a life, I want you to get this, guys, that had positioned her and qualified her for God to use her in this fashion. Had she not been a virgin, God would have had to find somebody else. Let me tell you something. How you live in the ordinary days of your life, what you do before favor comes, how you live when you have no idea that your miracle is already in motion will determine how you're qualified for favor to come on your life. There are some things God wants to do for people, but because of disobedience, because they stopped living for him, because they lost the value of my daily walk, they disqualified themselves for favor. Young men in this room, young ladies in this room, young men and women watching me, and it used to be young men and women. (laughs) I, I need to talk to some older people right now. You know, there's a saying, there's no fool like an old fool. I didn't say that in church, but anyway, what, what, what I want you to understand is that the way we live positions us for God's highest and best to be done in our life. We need to be pure. We need to live according to the Word of God. Now, even in, even in 2020, no matter all the filth that's poured on us in culture, but I want you to li- li- listen to me. Maybe you say, well, Pastor, I've blown that. I haven't done that. I, I haven't kept myself pure. Or maybe you're single again and you're struggling with being pure in that lifestyle. Can I tell you something today? You can start a second virginity in your life. You allow God to do that. Say, Pastor, it's kind of raw. No, it's not raw. It's kind of real. It's a world we live in. Somebody needs to tell the truth to a real world and understand what the Bible says. I want you to be positioned for God's highest to be done in your life. There are some things I have to say no to in this life so I can say yes to what God has for me. There are some areas that will require me to put God's word above my feelings, my emotion. There are some relationships I have to walk away from so I can stay in my relationship with God. Is anybody with me right now? It's important that we allow God to do his highest and best in our life. But here's what I want to say to you again. I know a God of the second chance. He gave me second chances in my life. And just because the devil stole it from you the first time, let God restore it in your life and walk in that and honor that and keep yourself in a place where God can greatly use you. All right, that was important for us to understand that. Because what happened? He said, Mary, you're favored. You're favored. What does that mean? Well, let me illustrate it like this. Favor is a principle that God releases in your life that allows his purpose to happen supernaturally. Favor allows God to do something that would have been impossible if his hand hadn't operated in that moment. Let me illustrate it. When Israel had been captives in Egypt for 400 years as slaves, the Bible said when it was God's time to release them. See, God's timing, just like this time here. When God's time to set them free came, the Bible said God gave them favor and they released them. What you could not do in 400 years of struggle, God can do in a moment when the favor of God comes on your life. How many people want favor on your life? See, favor will set you free from what life tangles you with. Now watch this. Favor released them. This is amazing. 
But the Bible says as they began to leave Egypt, God gave them favor a second time. And as they left Egypt, the Bible says, you can read this account in Exodus, as they began to leave leave Egypt, God so gave them favor with the Egyptians. Watch this who had been their slave masters, the Bible says as they left, the Egyptians gave them gold, gave them silver, gave them jewels, gave them clothes, gave them shoes. The Bible uses a unique word that only is used in other places with an army forcefully taking your goods. The Bible says that with God's favor, they looted the nation of Egypt and took their wealth. It was the greatest transfer of wealth in a single day in the history of the human race. As they walked out of Egypt penniless for 400 years of slavery, favor heaped so much on them, are you ready, that in one day they were repaid for 400 years of slave labor. Why? The favor of of God came on their life. How many want favor? <laughs> yeah, we need the favor of God on you, on your children, on your family, on the house of God, on the word of God. America needs favor. I pray to God that America will have a revival, an awakening, hit their knees, come to God, humble themselves, pray, seek his faith, turn from our wicked ways. Why? So God can favor this nation again. Favor will get you out of the devil's hands. Favor will get back everything the devil stole away from you. And the Bible says when they reached the promised land, the favor of God got them in. He said it wasn't your arm and it wasn't your sword. It wasn't your power. I favored you and you walked into your inheritance. Favor, the favor of God. Mary, you're favored. Mary, God's with you. The favor of God's on your life. God did that. Now, let's see what happens here. Let, let, let's keep reading. Let, let's, what was the message? What did he tell her in verse 30? What do we see here? Verse 31, what are we reading? Verse 31, he says, You will be with child. You'll give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great. And we'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on, think with me for a minute. Let's make this real. Let's not just look at this like some fairy tale. Here's this young woman in a small village in a remote area. All she knows is what she's seen in that little village. She didn't have any television or internet or Wi-Fi or Facebook or TikTok. What? Just marrying what she saw. Probably never been further than 10 miles from the place she was born. A little village of less than a thousand people. And in one moment, think of this. An angel talks to her. Wow. She's overwhelmed. The angel tells her, you're going to have a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Never thought of that. And then the angel tells her, we just read it, and that baby's going to be the son of God. He's going to save the world. Can you imagine her mind? Come on, let's get real. Can, can, how did She had no point of reference. She couldn't even begin to imagine, how did you do this, God? Was someone like me, that brings us to verse 34, that brings us to what I said in the beginning. What does heaven say when we say that's impossible? What does heaven say when we go, this is too big? Look at verse 34. She says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? In other words, she said, God, this is impossible. I mean, I know the angel came and no, no offense, Gabriel, but come on. 
Have you looked around? I'm a little girl from a little village, and I'm a virgin, and this is impossible. Have you ever thought about the times that we pull a Mary on God? (laughs) Have you ever thought about the times we try to tell God something we thought he didn't know? Like, you know, Mary says, you can't do this, I'm a virgin. Like, God was going to say, what was I thinking? Oh, oh, sorry, Mary, I, 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 I sent the angel to the wrong house. Come on, come on, let's go. What was I thinking? Oh, you're right, you're a virgin. You're not even married yet. I don't know what I was doing. Sorry, you know, sorry I bothered you. Have a good day. Let's go on. No, 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 no. I remember praying one time. And I was praying and I said, I said, God, did you know? And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, George, would you back up on that? I was like, yeah, that was kind of crazy, wasn't it? We do that, don't we? God, did you know? God, have you not thought I'm a virgin here, girl? I'm from Nazareth. You know, that's kind of like, I don't know where to say it. I don't want to insult anybody's hometown. I was trying to, never mind. I was going to say a place. So, I, but you're from Alabama. We'll say, I'm from Hole in the Wall, Tennessee. How do you think that something like this could happen to me, God? How can it happen? What does heaven have to say when we say impossible? What does God say when you and I say, this can't happen? You've got the wrong person. Not my life, not where I've been, not how I fell. Not my limitations, not my age, not my gender. Can, can you see our, do you see our culture struggling with all that today? Our culture's wrestling and fighting, and everybody's trying to, to get their piece of the pie. And I understand it. Every, you know, it, it's like, I hope I don't, I'll just, I'll upset everybody that nobody can blame me for picking. Everybody's offended now. Everybody's offended, you know. And, 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 and we're all struggling to get our identity. And, and, and you know, we, 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 you know are, are we treating everybody right? Are we treating everybody equal? Men, women, boys, girls, red, yellow, black, white, you know, everything. Can, can I tell you something? What, what we need to look at, stop trying to find your identity from people. Stop trying to find your identity from what other people say or do. Stop trying to let this world make you feel good. You have a call from Almighty God on your life. He knows where you are. He can send an angel to Mary in the little hamlet of Nazareth. God knows where you are sitting in this place, watching online, worshiping online. God knows where you are. He he knows how you got here. He knows what he wants to do for you. I'm going to tell you something today. It doesn't matter what people say about you about you. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter about limitations. What matters is you serve an unlimited God who's for you today and wants to do great things in your life. I find that people are really good at reminding you of your failures. And God is really good at reminding us about what Jesus did for us. See, we walk in that. So Mary says, I, I don't get it. This is too big for me. God, this, this is just impossible. This is impossible. Listen, listen, I want you to hear this. Many times, many times, listen to me, heaven's plans do not fit in the limitations of earth. Many times, heaven's plans just don't fit my box. They do not fit my understanding. They don't fit the moment I'm in. They don't fit the experience that I've had. They do not fit the mindset I'm in at this moment. God, I don't get it. God, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit in the guidelines of a virgin. This doesn't fit in the guidelines 
of a young girl. This doesn't fit in the guidelines of a little town I grew up in. You don't understand what you said can't happen in my box. But all we have to understand is that God's bigger than the box. God's bigger than the moment. And we must stop measuring the greatness of God by the limitations of our own life. How's it going to do it, God? I'm so glad she asked that question. (laughs) But I'm even more happy that God had an answer. See, Mary and you and I, everybody, we all raise our hands, and I mean it, and I want it. We want the favor of God. But sometimes (laughs) favor is connected with the process. We've got to stay on board until the favor moment comes. See, don't you imagine? God said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. She started with that. She said, okay, let's do this. I'll I'll receive your, your promise, God. But then... Nine months later, while she's riding on the back of a donkey, nine months pregnant, because some governor said, you got to go to Bethlehem to sign up for the census. Don't you think why? Now, see, I don't have firsthand experience with this. I've watched it up close a couple of times with my wife and daughters. But I would imagine a nine-month pregnant woman riding a donkey probably not feeling very favored at that moment right there. Just saying, ladies, would that be accurate? Would you kind of say, this, this is, you know, uh, can, can you see Mary riding that donkey? <laughs> Saying, where is this favor business that angel is talking about? I mean, where does the favor start on this deal? Can you see her in that cold stable laying on hay? Nobody even give her a bed to birth this child? Saying, I don't think, this doesn't look like favor to me. Can I tell you sometimes? Hold on, I want you to help. I want to help you here. Sometimes there's some labor connected with your favor. <laughs> sometimes there's a little step to take to get to the other side. And many times, listen, I want to help you. We abort the miracle because the labor came before the favor. Can I tell you, if you'll stay on board, you're about to see the glory of God. You're about to see God do what no man can do. I can't promise you favor always works out on my calendar, but favor will happen when God says he's going to do it. So Mary says, God, tell me how you're going to do it. This is too big for me. It's too big for my moment. Look at verse 35. The angel gives her the answer. It's the same answer for you and I today. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God, how do you do impossible things in my life? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You listen to me today. Mary was every bit as human as you and I are. Mary was no different than you are. Religion has done us an injustice by saying Mary was above us. No, she was a woman like any other woman. She was a human being. Religion has done you an injustice to say she's a saint or I pray to her or I pray through her. She was a human being just like you and I. How did God do the impossible for Mary the same way he does the impossible for us? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Heaven invades the moment. God says, if you'll give me some room, I'm going to show up. I put you in an impossible because I already have an answer for you. God never makes a promise he can't keep. Why don't you look at Acts 1 and verse 8. Look at this verse. The very same terminology that he spoke and promised every one of us that he gave to Mary. But you will receive power. What does it say? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit, what? Comes on you. Mary, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Same phrase. Same statement. 
same process. Can I help you with something today? You know how God's going to break your impossibility? The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You know what God's going to do in that moment that's too big for you? If you'll stay on board, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The presence of God comes. God steps in. God takes over. God does what you and I cannot do. Let me encourage you with something. Some of the most challenging moments of my life preceded the greatest moments of my life. Some of the moments where I ran out of what I could do led me to the doorstep of what God could do. When I said it's impossible, God says, thanks, now you're in my territory. Anybody listening to me today? We fight with everything we have to never get to the place to really see God do his thing. But Mary says, how are you going to do it? The angel said, the way we always do it, the Holy Spirit will come on you. Heaven will come on you. God will step into the moment. And then he says this. He says it in another way. He says the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Same word used when Jesus took the three disciples up on the mountain and he was transfigured before their eyes. The Bible said a cloud engulfed them. It's the same word when they went into the Holy of Holies in the temple and the glowing presence of God was there. Do you know what the Bible says? When you're face to face with your impossibility, God is so real, he will cover you in the cloud of his glory. You'll step into a moment where you're nearer God than you've ever been in your life. You know, your crisis is the door to your encounter with God. That moment that looks like this is going to kill me is the moment that opens the door to the presence of God. Stay on board. Don't miss the moment. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Let me help you with something. I know for some people that think, well, you know, they have more of God than I do. They have more of this person. Listen, listen. The Holy Spirit's a person. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit enters your life. Not a piece of him. Not a part of him, not a measure of him, all of him. Are you with me? When you're born again, the Holy Spirit enters your life. We put our faith in Christ, we repent of our sins, and the recreation, the new creation is the Holy Spirit coming in us. He begins to make us new from the inside out. Now listen to me. I want you to get this. Every born again Christian on this planet has the same Holy Spirit living in them. You say, well, pastor, I don't know. I see this guy doing that for God and this woman doing that for God. Listen to me. I want you to understand something. When the Holy Spirit enters your life, we receive every bit of him. Listen, the variable, listen to me, is not how much of him we received. It's how much of us we surrendered. You have the same Holy Spirit, listen to me, on you that came on Mary. You have the same Holy Spirit living in you. That's in the greatest spiritual hero you have. I don't know who that is. I don't know who you admire the most on this planet. I don't know who your heroes are. I can walk you through scripture. The apostle Paul had the same Holy Spirit came upon him that's come upon you. Peter, who walked down the sidewalk and his shadow healed people, same Holy Spirit in him that's living in you. The variable is not him. The variable is us. See, he comes to us unconditionally and we come to him with conditions. Help me if. Help me when. I'll let you know when I need help. Anybody with me right now? We could say it like this. We give him our Sundays, but we don't give him our Mondays. See, we condition him. See, we give him our actions, but we don't give him our attitudes. 
So what does that mean? Well, let me explain that one to you. Like I go to church, I go through the motion, but what's my attitude like? What's going on and no one but God can see? What am I doing? Am I coming to church? Am I saying, I love you, Jesus, I love the church, but that guy over there needs to get right. That woman over there needs to get right. Who does she think? You give him your attitudes. See, conditions, conditions. We, we, see, we, we give him our time. We don't give him our thoughts. We give him our burdens, but we don't give him our bodies. I'm going to stop for a minute and do a little selah on that. And, you know, in Psalms, you're reading Psalms here over in the margin, it says selah. That means pause and meditate. So I'm going to let you pause and meditate. God, take my burdens, but don't bother my body. That's mine. All right, I, I need y'all call you. Okay, I can tell this isn't working, so. I know it's close to Christmas, and you only talk about stockings and jingle bells, but I just got to bring the message, all right? I got to bring the message. See, we, 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 we give him our health, but we don't give him our heart. <laughs> okay, that's enough. See, what happens is the variable is not God, it's you and me. Well, I trust him. Well, I take it. So, so he says, this is how I'm going to do it. And I love this. It's, it's, it's like uh, God wants to remind her. Look at verse 36. We're going to wrap it up. Look at this. Verse 36, he says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be barren as in her sixth month. You know what he said? Hey, Mary, just so you know, this isn't God's first rodeo. You know, this thing that you're trying to get your head and your heart around, that God can do this by the power of his Holy Spirit. He said, your relative Elizabeth is already pregnant. She's already conceived. The miracle's already happened. Can I tell you something today? God's been doing miracles a long time before right now. Can I help you today? God's done some big miracles. In fact, if you look back, there's probably been some miracles that got you in this building today. There's some miracles that have you online today. There's some miracles that saved your life today. There's some miracles that'll preserve you as you come along. God simply says, hey, while you're trying to say, can the Holy Spirit do this? He says, I'm already doing things. I've already done miracles. Miracles. And then let's look at verse 37, the angel's final word, the summation of it. How are you going to do this? How's this going to happen? What does heaven say when I say impossible? Now, my translation of the New International uh, Version, my Bible's had it a while. It's the original translation, verse 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. Come on, somebody say amen. That's worth going to church to be reminded. Nothing is impossible with God. Say nothing. 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 Do you know what nothing means? Nothing. <laughs> nothing is impossible with God. A newer translation says this. Look at this. Is this the same thing? It's exactly the same thing. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. The angel said, Mary, the bottom line, I brought you the word of God. And God never tells a lie. God's never said anything he can't back up. God never sent me with a promise that he hasn't already put the answer on deposit for you. No word of God can fail. Can I tell you what you and I need to do today? We need to get our hearts and our faith and our head around the fact that if God said it, it is settled in my life. He will do what he said. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. We have limited obedience because we have limited trust in God. We are afraid to take that step because we're not sure God will do it. If God said it, God will do it. No word from God will ever fail. And then I used to end that, and I've taught you this before, but I want you to see it one more time because I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a radical statement here, but I'm going to verify it. Look at verse 30. That should have been it. The angel said, bottom line, nothing's impossible with God. God will never fail to fulfill his word. 
But then look at this verse. Why verse 38? Mary had something to say. The angel had spoken for God. Heaven had answered the question, how do you do it when it's impossible? He answered the question. He answered, you're my question. How do you and I face the impossible? But then it's Mary's turn. Well, why did Mary need to say something? Pastor, the angel's already delivered the word. We're already there. Pretty amazing. Why do we have verse 38? You need to understand this. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Why did the angel bring a message and then just wait? Why did he tell her what heaven had to say and then have to stand there and wait? Listen to me. When he- even when heaven speaks, you've got to get your head around this. We don't like this, but it's truth. Even when heaven speaks, earth has the final word. No, pastor, don't say that. I just did. No, no, don't tell me that. You're trying to tell me God can't do what he wants. God can do anything. God can do anything. But who he uses and how he uses them and when and where that happens, you and I have a say in that. Nothing's impossible, Mary. The angel waited. Why did he wait? What are you going to say? She said, I'm your servant. Do what you said. Do you realize? We say, well, Pastor, I don't know about that. Heaven has the fi- Earth has the final word when heaven speaks? Oh, yes. What do you mean? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Has the Holy Spirit ever prompted you to go pray for someone? And he said, oh, God, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm, 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 I don't know what to say. And, and, and what if they ask me a question? And you told God no. You had the final word. You didn't do it. Has the Holy Spirit ever prompted you to, uh, and, and you can relax. See, I don't preach to get money, no offering. Okay, so relax. Missionary ever spoken? The Holy Spirit said, why don't you give that $100? Why not you write a check for $1,000? He said, oh, God, I can't afford to do that. You told God no. Heaven spoke. Earth had the final word. It's pretty, I'm, I'm, I know I'm really digging in right now. But I'm wanting to help us face the impossibilities with the knowledge. Nothing's too big for God. You and I have a response. You know, Catherine Kuhlman, some of you are familiar with her, some of you are not, had one of the greatest healing ministries in, in, that, that in the last century that, that, that existed. The miracles were amazing. She said when God came to her, he said, Catherine, you're my fourth choice. I've been to three men. And they all rejected the ministry. They wouldn't accept this call. She said, I've come to you. She said, I always remembered if I ever started thinking I was really being important, that I was only God's fourth choice. Three men. Three men. Some of you all worry and squirming about, can a woman preach? <laughs> Maybe if all the men had said yes to God. Anyway, that's just another story at another time. But she said, God said, Catherine, you're number four. Because I've been three times and earth said no. Can I tell you what I want to do today? I want to release something. I want us to become uncomfortable saying no to God. We become too comfortable saying no. We forgot the dynamic of Luke 138. See, when the pastor comes up and says, when heaven speaks, earth has the final word, we go, I don't know about that. And yet we do it every day. What I want to say to us today is let's start saying yes to God. Let's start saying, God, what did Mary say? Get this. She said, I'm your servant. I live to please you. May it be to me as you have said. You know what she said? I'm here to do one thing, to do what you said. 
I'm here to serve you with all my heart and life. I'm here to let you use me any way you want to use me, God. And may it be to me as you have said. Can I tell you right now, the eyes of God are looking over this planet right now. And he's saying, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you know or who you don't know. I'm looking for someone who will let me be God in their life. I'm looking for that little girl from nowhere that nobody knows about, that doesn't have the pedigree, who will just say to me, I'm your servant. Do what you said. God, I trust you. I don't understand it. It's too big for me. I didn't know the miracle's already working. Do you know there's spiritual momentum working in your life right now? God's ordering details and moments and things he's putting together that you didn't even know about. I've told our ladies in our recovery ministry, when I walk into the Dream Center in Decatur, I want you to understand something. Do you know that when I first came to Decatur, I went in that place and it didn't belong to us? In a series of events, the faithfulness of God, that Dream Center was given to us. Do you know that everything that happens in that Dream Center started moving over 30 years ago to fall into place so that every time we walk in there now, God can do His will? God's been getting miracles for years and years and years and years. When you didn't know about it, God already had your name on a miracle to fall in place. God was already moving to set that up. Right now, heaven is already pushed the button and a timetable is moving. And all I have to do, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to be able to explain it. I don't have to be able to define it. All I have to do is say, I am your servant. Let it be to me as you have said. And the Holy Spirit comes. And the glory of God comes. And earth sees again. There's a great big God who loves us and cares for us and wants to make big things happen. I want you to stand with me. Come on, stand with me. We've got a few minutes here. I want us to respond to God. Worship team, would you come? What am I teaching us? When heaven speaks, what are we going to do? I want to say yes. What about you? I want to say yes. There are going to be moments that challenge everything inside of us. I want to help you with something. Every once in a while, I understand it. Someone will come to me and say, Pastor, listen, I want to help you with something. Pastor, I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. Pastor, I, I don't sense God as near me as he once was. Listen, I'm going to help you. Stop looking at everything around you. Here's, I'm going to help you. You know how you draw close to God? You say, yes. You say, yes. He said, Mary said, how is this going to be? He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And you know how that occurred? Because she said yes to God. If you want to be closer to God than you are today, say yes to him. If you want to begin to experience his presence in a greater measure, you say yes to him. I trust you. I surrender. I yield to you. I don't have all the answers, but I believe you do. How many are listening to what I'm saying today? You want to be near to God? Say yes to God. You want to experience the presence of God? He said, I'll overshadow you. I'll wrap my glory around you. I'll be so big and close and strong to you that, that it's like you're standing in the presence of God. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Today, let's say yes to him. Today, let's just begin to get ready and say, Lord, whatever you have to say, I say yes to you. I'm your servant. Will you trust him on that basic childlike level? That's where we have that kind of faith. Let's pray together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today, and we are saying to you, Lord, that we want to be that servant that trusts you, that says, God, I'm here. God, I'm ready. God, I want your will. God, I want your word. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know how you're going to have your way. But God, I'm saying yes to you right now. I'm saying yes to you in this moment. I'm responding to you in this moment. 
Lord, I say I believe your word. In the name of Jesus, I believe. Church family, would you look at me for a minute? How many of you believe his word is true? How many believe the word of God is true? Do you believe he can be trusted? We have to say yes. We have to step in that place like Mary and say, this is unreal. But I say yes to you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.